Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I am Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 13-4 and after beating, finally, after beating <laughs> TCU. Sorry, I had to say that. After beating TCU 81-77 to in overtime. JT, we always start with you. Thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Dog, it was like, I don't know. It was like cardiac cats all over again. So I remember just feeling like stuff go back and forth, back and forth. Think it's over and it's not. Mm-hmm. Think they got the win and don't happen. But at the end of the day, I don't care they won because, you know, they could have been one and three. They could easily be four and oh. That's the crazy thing in this conference, playing four ranked teams in a row. Um, after two very winnable games, losing late, they pulled it off. So I don't even care, man. They got out-rebounded, which was a little shaky. But at the same time, I thought they turned over TCU uh, a lot. I think they hey, had 19 turns. Hey, What's up? Were you, were you surprised we got out-rebounded like that? Because we've been doing pretty well, I think, rebounding. That was the first time we got out-rebounded all season. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, it was it was it was Miss Box House, man. It was Miss Box House. A couple. But I mean TCU was just super aggressive, but we missed a couple box outs, man, and it didn't help. At Especially all. on the final possession there. What was at that? Four, one minute four. left. Yeah. They had four offensive rebounds in one possession. Terrible. Yeah. And oh, we speak it? about the rebounding efforts. Eighteen offensive rebounds for TCU. Have to throw that in there. Yep. yep. Not good. For sure. So it was good to see them, you know, not shoot. They didn't shoot great from the free throw line again. I think that was like at 55%, which was good. But at the same time, they made it made enough when it counted. Um, they had a lot of full circle moments. You know, Dan misses the two free throws, end up making it essentially makes the game winning shot in overtime. So that, that was good to see. Uh, you know, John Newman missed free throws against Texas, knocks them down and, uh, you know, knocks them down. When, when it was really needed, hits both um, against TCU. He missed a couple early, too. That could have helped. So it, it's just one of those things, man, where I thought it was a lot of people that stepped up for the Bearcats on both ends of the ball. Um, I thought John Newman played amazing <clears throat> on both ends of the ball. Um, I don't think TCU was ready for John Newman to score like that, honestly, and it was huge. And then Day-Day Thomas, man, he's the last two games has been balling. Like really balling, he did some stuff that you'd be like, "Come on, Day Day," but then he made a lot of plays that were like, "This is this is a baller." And um, I think the point guard position was very solid. Um, Jizzle had four assists coming off the bench, and then that's probably some stuff overlooked. But I think those two are very important. I wrote something about you know just the yin and the yang of those two guys that people can't try to crap on either one. They, they need them. They're going to have mistakes, both of them. But they're super important, and you could just see it on on uh, on Tuesday night, and you've been seeing it all season. So, man, it just it was happy for the bear. I'm happy the Bearcats pulled it off. It was crazy. The refs were atrocious, and the Bearcats <laughs> were able to win. <laughs> they were atrocious, man. Like it, it they just they were just making up calls. Yeah, they they froze Dan on the last two on the last free throws just. Automat- I mean, it wasn't like anything Jamie Dixon did. They just froze them themselves. The yeah, that, was, like, that whole sequence was crazy. I think they, they, had, they had TCU on the money line. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I think refereeing <laughs> across the board in college basketball is this bad. I don't know if it's the way they're being like. So I, what happens with referees is, um, whether it's NCAA, NBA, Ohio High School Athletic Association, they, they say, yeah. here, the rules, watch out for this, watch out for that. So their yeah. concentration levels on different things, and they they just man, it's just I just I'm, I watch college basketball sometimes. I'm like, what are they doing, these refs? Yeah, 
And it messes with pain. It's weird. They fouled Aziz out. I don't even know what Aziz did. All he did was get the offensive rebound. Yeah. He literally beat the guy to the ball, and they caught caught him for offensive foul. Let me ask you this, JT. So I'm I'm always amazed. See, I don't gamble. I'm not allowed to gamble because I run an AU basketball program. So the fact that I have players in our program that go on to play college basketball, they can impact the game. So I can't gamble. So I'm not as up to speed on all, like, you know, I don't watch money lines and all that shit. But one thing, anytime I do hear about it, and you hear about Vegas says this is the line or whatever. You're just like, how do they know this shit? Do you think the refs are in on this stuff? Uh, I've always tough. wondered that because it it, oh. it 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 is tough. But man, some of these I just wonder sometimes. What what are your thoughts on that? Man, it depends. Some days I feel like that, but it's weird. I just think whatever information they have. I mean, they got into a science. It's probably some kind of program they put all this stuff in, what kind of fouls the refs call, et cetera, et cetera, how the team plays. I mean, it's tight. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you beat it sometimes, and sometimes you don't. But um, you never know, man. I feel like the Bearcats, they don't get any home love, so I'll be feeling like the refs be whatever is the opposite of the uh the game for the Bearcats, I feel like the refs be on that on the other side of it, but that, that could be me being biased too. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Neil. We'll get to you, bro. Sorry, we left you hanging there. I know you were you were like, dang, let me talk a little bit. Right, you're, you're <laughs> no, I mean it was a it was a a strange game. I mean that was a game where first six minutes go by and you're like, oh oh shoot, this could be a night where a hundred gets put up after the way TCU started the the night I mean nine for ten from the field and it was 20 points in the first four minutes and I think we all looked to each other and we're like dude they're not missing and the next thing you know they went ice cold there through the end of the first half and when we were talking with Terry yesterday on the Bearcats Blitz show the Bearcats had about three kills in a row if I remember right and for those who aren't familiar with what kills are for the Bearcats it's three straight possessions of defensive stops and they helped, They did that twice throughout that game, I feel like. And that was the difference maker. I mean, they held them scoreless six minutes to end the first half. They do it again in the second half. And me personally, it all started with Aziz Bandego in the front court. Once they brought him in off the bench, the TCU guards just did not want to go down there in the lane at all. I mean, you would see them get down into the paint. They would pump fake. I don't even know how many times and then just kick it back out because they knew Aziz Bandego was going to be standing right there and they were not getting a shot off over him. And that was a a huge sight to see for the Bearcats, obviously after a back injury that has lingered for the last month or so. And it's finally, finally seems like they're starting to get it under control after he missed a month almost. And then he comes back, plays a game and re-aggravates it versus Texas. Isn't able to go versus Baylor, but he comes back versus TCU even though he finished with just six points and six rebounds, I thought he had a huge impact on this game. But what we really have to talk about is, man, John Newman solidified his case for a potential defensive, a potential Big 12 defensive player of the year. I thought what he has done over the last week and a half, two weeks has been phenomenal. I mean, we talk about his defense, but man, was he incredible versus TCU on Tuesday night. And I'll ask you guys this question. Do you guys think now that the Big 12, since we have seen it firsthand, that the officials are kind of letting them play a little bit more, do you think John Newman's kind of taking that to an advantage a little bit, knowing the physicality of the style and defensive play he plays with? JT, you want to take it? Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I think it's right in his wheelhouse, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> you could tell. <laughs> I mean, he was strong-arming them cats mm-hmm. on Tuesday. It was crazy. I love he it. Took- he took uh, Emmanuel Miller in the first half. And what I really liked about John's performance on the offensive end was he was making an impact to get to the basket. I mean, he he took Emmanuel Miller, who's six foot seven, straight to the basket one time, and he bodied him, like bounced him off about five, six feet for an easy wide open layup. And for somebody who's six foot seven, 220 pounds, and Emmanuel Miller, that's not an easy thing to do. And he made it look like it was easy. But man, John Newman's been fantastic for them. I thought Day-Day Thomas had his best game of the season, uh, 21 points on 9-17 shooting. As JT alluded to, there was some possessions where you're like, oh, come on, like this could be a little better. 
clean it up a little bit. Missed a couple labs, but if he knocks down a couple of those labs, he's looking at an easy maybe 28 to 30 point performance versus TCU. And man, he came down and he really struggled shooting the ball as as of late. I think he was 13 for 54 heading into this one, if I remember right. And then he comes down and he buries a huge three in the final minute of regulation to tie that game up. And that that was the, the spark the Bearcats needed. And down the stretch, free throws got knocked down, but they still got to find a way to to knock some down because that was a game that could have been could have gone either way again if they make the free if Dan makes the free throws there to end regulation. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen three free throws missed in the final seconds. Uh, what was it? Four seconds? Five seconds? So that it was a wild sequence, but it was a great a great atmosphere at Fifth Third Arena. Fans got to storm the court, so. That was exciting to see. So overall, very exciting night for the Bearcats on Tuesday. Hey, hey. Neil. Um, oh, JT, you want to throw in something real quick? Hey, how do y'all feel about the fans storming the court? I feel like a lot of people are like okay. joking JT. against the Bearcats and JT, JT. acting like old hags about that. How, how do you feel about the the students? Not not it's not the people who are in my age and our age, Meech. It's the students. Well, what, how do you feel about that? Well, you just stole the hot topics question. Oh damn! <laughs> well, oh, damn. I was trying to cut you off, but you just kept going. You were my you were bad. Just... I was in a roll. I a delete, second. delete, delete. Don't even worry about it. We'll just get to that on hot topics. Okay, yeah, we're gonna get to it on hot topics. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, I do think it's something we need to talk about for sure. Um, Neil, question: You mentioned before, um, you know, you had uh, Terry on the podcast. How many podcasts are you on, Neil? Shoot, that's a good question. He says, shoot. <laughs> um, so I have the Bearcats Blitz show with Russ Heltman. Yep. One. We have this, we have this one. Two. Um, occasionally I'll jump on with JT. Three. Hmm. Hmm. Don't you go on I, strawberry ice, baby? Ice ice baby. I was on strawberry ices earlier this week as well, so that's four. <laughs> it's it's a lot. Anytime someone asks, I usually jump on. So, but let's 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 be clear. Your favorite podcast to do is this one. Damn right. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me get into just just some of my thoughts uh, quickly. You guys pretty much covered a lot of things that I was going to say. Um, I I do not like to say this is a must win game. You sometimes you hear fans that like this is a must win game. I'm like, bro, it's game four. Um, <laughs> or or. You know, like this is a huge win, but I want to say, I don't want to say this was a must win game, but it felt like one of those games that if the Bearcats lost in the same fashion they did the last two prior, man, this team could spiral down from a confidence standpoint. And it would really, I think, crush, crush these kids. Or, I'm sorry, not kids, these young men. So, from that standpoint, I think it was a must win from a confidence standpoint. It was definitely a huge win because if you look at it, man, I was talking to somebody at the Roger Bacon Sports Stag about this, and this Bearcat fan brought it up to me. He's like, imagine if just a couple things go different. You know, those two games we lost in the Big 12, you beat Oklahoma. <clears throat> man, can you imagine how big that game is going in at Kansas? Woo you you might yeah. be talking about the Bearcats are undefeated in the Big 12 at this point going at Kansas. You might be talking about one of the hottest college basketball teams in the country right now, without a doubt. You guys agree with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. For um, sure. So, but now that that's that's one scenario that could have happened. Now, with if they would have lost this game um against TCU, I really think it would have impacted them from a negative confidence standpoint. So, I'm glad they won. I'm glad they could close out a game. And I, I want to touch on John Newman real quickly. Pause. I want to talk about <laughs> uh, I want to talk about John Newman real quick. Um, he is the most important player on this basketball team. Mm -hmm. Does anybody disagree with that? If so, speak up now. Nope. Definitely agree. I can't disagree, man. Dude is like I don't know how to describe him. He's like the definition of a bearcat. Yeah. 
Well he's, said, Neil. For sure. Nah, he he's definitely embodied. A, he's a Bearcat person for sure, through and through. Um, you know, it's been so many like lunch pail dudes for the Bearcats. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Like, for sure. it don't matter. Like he gone. Especially he gone, after everything he's been through too. Yeah, he's gonna guard the best player. He don't care. And then he and he he's out here dunking on people and stuff sometimes too. Like, what's going? Like, it's crazy. Did you, so. did you guys ever think when we first saw John Newman as a Bearcat when he transferred in that we would get this John Newman in his last year? Oh no! Did you, I mean, did you, I always thought he was a good scrappy player, like that you need on your team, like because everybody can't be like the the superstar offensive player, or you know what I mean, like. He always embodied that, but I don't know. I just feel like he just took it to another level. I'm I'm happy he's been able to play and everything. You know, last year he had the injury, and that sucked. And I think that hurt the team last year a ton, more people um, really want to talk about. But, uh, nah, man, not not like this. But he, he's out here, like, strapping cast in man. Big 12. That's crazy. And listen, especially potential NBA draft lottery picks. Yeah, I mean, each team cast. has a lottery pick, and he has clamped them. The but, first four games of conference play. And Neil, and let me say this. You consistently hear from the other team that the Bearcats play on how strong John Newman is. Yeah. Oh, when I when we played NKU earlier in the year, Sam Vincent on the NKU stars, he said to me after the game, like, holy shit, that dude is strong. Because remember, he didn't play last year. He didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Not like, that game. He was done. Man, he was like, "Damn, that dude is strong." Yeah. Love it. Well, hey, let me let me just get off a couple thoughts, and then we can uh, transition into the next topic here. Um, so one of the things that I love about this basketball team, and it's like a gift and a curse, and that is every game someone totally different steps up and provides something so valuable to the victory. Now, that's a great thing. Um, but but one thing I think we need to be conscious of is come March and tourney time, whether it's conference or NCAA, we need that consistent go-to guy like every single game. So I think it's fine that that's the way it is now, and that's cool. But I think we get a little closer. I think we need that consistent like number one person every time. Now, we could go – like let's say an NCAA tournament – you know, somebody else steps up game one. That that happens. But yeah. I think sometimes you need that. You, you get what I'm saying, JT? You need that consistent pecking guy. order. Yeah, yeah, the pecking order. Thank you. I was looking for yeah. that word. I couldn't find yeah. it. Phrase. Oh, good. So, nah. so go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you're nah, saying. No, nah, for sure. They, they definitely do. I feel like it's kind of developing. It's just the thing with this team. They have so much talent that people are just popping up. Like, nah, I can – I'm gonna get 15 tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. which is great. You know, I don't think the Bearcats have had this array of talent in a while. You know what I mean? Like last year, we kind of knew like the three. They maybe a sprinkle one or two that could possibly do something. But you know, this year, I mean, Millie's had good games. Like that wasn't. I mean, he didn't even really play, and it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it wasn't anything he did. It just wasn't his night. You know what I mean? For that type of that matchup. And you know, you've seen what he did against Texas. Um, it's that very effective game. So, I mean, I think Dan's starting to, you know, like I haven't been talking about Dan as much on the pod, but I feel like the last few games, if he can keep consistent. I feel like he, he's had three double digit games in the, in the Big 12. You know, I think he's kind of maturing slowly but surely into that role, possibly. Um, yep. Day Day is kind of the last two games. He's kind of, you know, 17, 15 and 21, I think, 15 and 21 uh, or 16, something like that in other games. So he's kind of like possibly being a guy that can slide in there. Um, I thought CMOS was going to kind of take the bull by his horn, but he's kind of – he had the good game against Texas, but the last two he hasn't been as aggressive, um, wasn't good – you know, didn't shoot play well against Baylor. Had a couple good moments against TCU, but I feel you know Vic has been kind of the steady Eddie um, all year, but you know he made a big shot you know against um, TCU as well. 
So I thought he's been playing more assertive lately. Like even in the games where he's not scoring a lot, I feel like he's been way more assertive than he was in the beginning of the season. So, so I think between those, I mean, it's a lot of guys, but I feel like Vic between Vic, Day Day, and Dan, those are kind of the guys um, that are that you know that possibly could take the bull by his horn. Yeah, so we'll see what happens come, uh, yeah. come what happens to this basketball team. So the Bearcats take on number 15, Oklahoma, on Saturday at 1 p.m. in beautiful Fifth Third Arena. You're listening to the Bearcats Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the big old segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Now in this segment, we cover players to watch in key matchups. JT, who should we look out for from the Bearcats? <laughs> we might have to scrap this segment. Man. We keep- <laughs> oh. I'm, man, I'm talking about I've been trash. Like, like people have been, I feel like I'm jinxing players. Yeah, I feel like too. I feel like it's like whoever I say is just gonna play not too well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I damn near need people be like be like uh CJ Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, I, I, I ain't about to play tomorrow. Like this is crazy. Um I don't know, man. I don't know if they hear it and something happens. I don't know what's going on. I only been right. <laughs> They're like listening twice. to our podcast. Yeah, they're like, man, yep. Like, nah, I'm gonna let hey man, it's your turn to go off. But um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna not really cheat. I'm gonna say honestly, I want to see I'm going with Day Day. Um Oklahoma, another good team. They have very good guards. I want to see how he attacks them. I mean, he's been getting to the rack lately, um, catching the flow. I mean, how he played on on Tuesday, and even you know at Baylor, I don't see it slowing down. I see him getting double digits and maybe about five assists. And if Oklahoma is careless with the ball, he'll have a couple steals too. So I'm gonna go day day, man. I I, I want to see him finish more layups. But at the same time, if you feel like dunking on somebody, go ahead and yam on him, brother, because you got the bounce. <laughs> Man, he's got you know what I'm saying? Don't if you don't want to lay it up, just go ahead and dunk on him, cuz because um because you, you see you see what he did in the open flip uh, open court. He did, did dunked on it the first dunk the first time, then he tried to lay it up and messed up. Just go ahead and dunk it, bro. But yeah. uh but yeah, nah, he showed huge, huge, huge onions, pause, making a big three, made a free throw <laughs> at the end. I just think he's gonna keep it rolling, man. I'm rolling with I'm going, I'm going with Day Day. And uh, hopefully I can be right this time. <laughs> I'm going to say the whole team. <laughs> exactly. Neil, who do we need to watch out for from Oklahoma? Yeah, so the Sooners are coming in number 15th in the country. They're coming off a big win over West Virginia here on Wednesday night to end a three-game losing skid. They fell to TCU over the weekend, so the Bearcats kind of have the upper hand here right now heading into this one. But – the Sooners are a high-powered offense, and it starts right there with their backcourt. And they have a very talented backcourt led by junior guard Javian McCullum, who leads the Sooners in scoring. He averages 15 points a game, but is shooting 46% from the field and 40% from behind the arc. He stands at six foot two, but he lives and dies by the three ball. And that's something he can shoot very well. He's shot about 100 threes this season if the stats are updated following their West Virginia game when we film this. So that is a huge, a huge threat for the Bearcats. And I think that might be a matchup for John Newman or a guy like Dan Skillings to really eliminate him off the edge there and make him beat you inside and keep him off the three-point line. But their backcourt is very strong. Uh, sophomore guard Otega Owe is a six-foot-five uh, guard <laughs> who is averaging 14 points a game. But he loves to get downhill and contact Hunt. Pause. But he loves to, <laughs> loves to get down in the paint. And the Bearcats have struggled with guards like that this season. But he's shooting 70% from the foul line, averaging 14 points per game. But this is a guy who does not shoot the three ball often. He only has shot 25 threes on the season. But he is a very effective free point. Uh, free throw shooter. So if you can give him the opportunity to get to the line, he will. And those two guards right there, they love to contact hunt pause and they like to get to the free throw line and they cannot let those two get to the free throw line. 
But then they have senior forward Sam Goodwin, who is their leading uh, big man. He's averaging nearly 70% from the field. Leading post player for the seniors. Leads the team in rebounds and blocks. So he's a big presence there around the rim. And that would be a huge matchup. He is kind of complemented really well with John Hughley, the pit transfer. But Hughley's been playing off the bench, so I don't think you have to worry about him as much as you have to worry about in terms of Godwin. But when he gets going in the inside presence, we cannot let him have a night where he shoots 70% from the field, just easy bunnies around the let, around the rim. So that's where a matchup, I think, Aziz Bandego and Victor Locking can hold their ground and really throw Goodwin off balance. Neil, your pause game is is like at an elite level right now. <laughs> you know that Nick, JT, you got to give him props because in the past he just just little yeah, he's been going crazy. As my man may say, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> give him time to say pause, and he wouldn't pause it. Like <laughs> now he's now he's figuring it out. I'm proud of yeah. you, Neil. Okay, growth, man, you growth. Yeah, your, your pause game is great. Now, speaking of game, you know what time it is. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let me tell you. Last week, our last game, you got by easy. Not this one, baby. Uh, <laughs> I saw it. I was like... All right, Neil. Here we go. You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Oklahoma roster, number three. Number three, Otega Owe. All right, that's pretty good. Said that already. Number five, Rivaldo Sores. Hmm. Sounds hmm. like some kind of gangster. Number. Yeah, he five, definitely do. Yeah, he definitely gangster family. Number eleven, Yaya Kita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be the one right there. JT. Say it again for the party people, Neil. Yaya Kaita. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't have a mixtape coming out next week, I want that yak, 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 whatever. Uh, number 12, Milos Uzan. Mm. Say, say the last name again Uzan. Damn. Number 13, Max Klonjek. That's tough. That's tough. That is tough. Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma's in that portal finding some just. People He's got a J, C, S, E, and a K in five letters. That's yeah. That's going to give anybody problems there. Man, Jeez. you got you you, you got to love it. Well, Neil, you 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 had to earn your money this week. <laughs> last sure week, did. last week you you really got by. Well, we yeah. Got by with the TCU one. Oh, that that was yeah. that was too easy. Too easy. Yeah, that was that was clean. This was this was real right here. This was real. This was like the Big Twelve Conference. <laughs> true, true, true. Hold up, I gotta play the song. I've had people ask me that listen to the podcast, like, what what song is that? Like, did you did you make that? I'm like, no, I didn't make that song. They actually Somebody, made it though. A guy Mios was like, did you make that? And I was like, no, I don't. It's Shirley Ellis. It's from like the old old days. I was like, I don't. Yeah, it's no definitely one. old song. That sounds like something from back in the day. I'm like, I, I didn't make that, but hey, cool. Produced yeah. by DJ Meech. Yeah, yeah something <laughs> like that. <laughs> you made it. You should have been like, yeah, I made it, man. You know, <laughs> I'm big time now. Yeah. The biggest segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Um, all right, so I'm gonna get this wrong. So I'm just go ahead and throw out a name. Last time I said Chase, right? Kirkwood. Yeah, yeah you said Kirkwood. Did I go with Landon Long. <laughs> This game is <laughs> no. Let me to, no, to be <laughs> to be completely serious. All right, I'm going to the Bearcats practice on Friday afternoon, and I am going to give a big hug, and I'm going to talk to Simas. All right, I, I feel like some of this is in Simas's head, and he's just got to get out there and, and play. And, and what I would like to see from him, um, and I'm going to tell him. I, I think I think he would do well this game if he just concentrated first and foremost on distributing the basketball, you know, getting it to where it should go, to the guys that can score, and then getting to the free throw line, attack the basket. So, you know, 
back in the day, Michael Jordan's theory always was early in the game, Michael always said he wanted to build up a lather. Pause. And <laughs> <laughs> the way he would build up the lather, pause, is to get to the free throw line. So, you know, Michael's theory was if I'm at the free throw line 10 to 12 times a game, you know, that's that's automatic. I mean, he was a really good free throw shooter, too. Michael was when it came to, like, crunch time free throws. So really? he, said he, he felt like he got that rhythm when he got to the free throw line. He got that rhythm of shooting the basketball. So then he started shooting the basketball from the perimeter, I think, at a higher clip once he, you know, got a couple shots up at the free throw line. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell CMOS, hey, get to the free throw line and then start knocking down your three-point shot. I would love to see him <clears> – <throat> have a big game on Saturday afternoon. Um, like you said, I think JT, you said he had two not so good games. These last two games he played yeah. well versus Texas, right? Yeah. Texas. He was balling. He was balling. So he was balling. Had 19 made a lot of clutch shots. Yeah. He was balling. But, but the thing is like, one thing I'll say to him is like that, just that consistency, right? Yeah. Like you can't go one game, Two games bad, one game good. And, you know, it's, it's, there's got to be a consistency. Now, we're still young yeah. in the season. He has a lot of time to get that going. So I got a big hug for him, man. You know, I, I, I love CMOS. I think he's just a tremendous kid. I root for him so much to be successful. So I want to see him be successful against Oklahoma. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They've been in your position and would love to help you solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or online at smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, this is the Kenyon segment sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man. Dog. There's so many things I could say. Like, it's a lot. But they've been overcoming them over for the most part. I say at home, they shoot over 60% from the free throw line, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) That's all I ask. Um, I want to keep. I don't know. I feel like this team, if we're going to turn over, make sure it's not live ball turnovers. Um, but I want to keep it under 13. Uh, I think we're at 15 against TCU. Keep it under 13, and then we got to win the rebound battle, which sounds generic, but they don't. How many threes did they take last game? Let me look at this real quick. You see, we shot six or sixteen from three. Okay, that's fair. And I think, I think, I think last game, and and Neil, you're the, you're the man of the stats, but I think we had at least fifty points in the paint, didn't we? Yep, fifty yeah. points in the paint. Man, yeah, oh, attacking like that. I like that. I like that. To keep attacking. I, I'm cool with the six of thirteen. From, I mean, six of sixteen from three. That's fair. Hit enough to keep them honest, but they were getting to the hole. Keep that same mindset. And they just win the rebound battle um, this game. Keep I don't want them – I don't want Oklahoma to have over 10 offensive rebounds. If we can do that, I think that would be pretty huge because um, TCU had 18. That was crazy. But they still won. So, they, you know, they only held them to eight – it was 18 offensive rebounds, 18 points off second chances. So, one point offensive rebounds pretty fair for that many offensive rebounds. So we'll roll with that. But yeah, turn keeping um you know thir- under 13 turnovers would be great. Shooting over 60% from the line and then keeping offensive rebounds down for Oklahoma. Now, uh Neil, what JT said, you know, puts us in position to, to win the basketball game. What do the Bearcats need to do to win big hoss? Real big. <laughs> For them to win big, I think it starts there with the turnovers. As JT mentioned, you can't come out and have eight to nine turnovers in the first 10 minutes of play. So if you can limit your turnovers there and have one of those performances like they had at Baylor where they finished the game with only 10 turnovers, I think that will be a huge start for that. 
But this is a game where I think Aziz Bandego, Victor Locken, and Jamil Reynolds could have a dominant presence on the glass. I think those three right there, if they can each grab maybe six, seven rebounds between the three of them, obviously depending on the minutes time for a guy like Jamil Reynolds. But if you can get some, I'd say between the three, if you can get anywhere from 14 to 18 rebounds between the three of them, I think you're in great hands, but you got to win the battle of the glass. I think this is a game where physicality and length and size, pause, would play a huge, (laughs) huge impact for the Bearcats there in the front court around the rim. Because TC or Oklahoma hasn't really seen a team with as much length yet this season outside of their matchup versus Kansas. So overall, I think that is a huge opportunity for the Bearcats to really kind of block and alter a lot of different shots there at the rim. So I think the presence for those three will be huge. And as JT mentioned, free throws, free throws, free throws, free throws. We saw how it almost affected another game the other night versus TCU, especially how we saw the outcome of the game versus Baylor and Texas. But we can't have one of those nights where you're shooting 55 or 50% from the foul line. you got to find a way to get that number above 70 to 75% range to win big. Hey, Neil, uh, give Bearcat fans an update on C.J. Frederick. Yeah, so Wes Miller said on his radio show today that, or tonight, excuse me, that he just got a sweat in for the first time. So he, he is starting to work his way back, but still no exact timetable. But that is a very positive sign. He is doing, the quote was, he is doing better. He got a sweat in and he is moving better, but it's still a little bit ways out, it seems, heading into the contest versus Oklahoma. So I think we still don't see him versus Oklahoma, but it sounds like CJ Frederick is close to a return potentially for the Bearcats here in maybe the next week, week and a half, roughly. That is great news. I love to see CJ back on the court. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. All right. I've got two keys to the game. First is the crowd. 1 PM game. The crowd, in a lot of ways, gets the guys hype, especially when you have a 1 p.m. game. So let's backtrack it out. The game's at 1 p.m. These guys have to be at the gym early, right? So they're most likely having breakfast at Fifth Third Arena, right? They're going through getting themselves taped and uh, stretched and all all that stuff that goes into the pregame. They're going to have to start that early in the morning. So sometimes you lag when you have a noon or 1 p.m. tip-off. So I think the crowd will help get them going. So that's one. Two, the Bearcats need to have energy from the tip. Pause. Now, here's the here's the thing. I, I really believe if we can get to the basket early, draw some fouls, get to the free throw line, you know, get get Oklahoma in a little bit of foul trouble early. I think we can take control of the basketball game. I'm not saying we're going to be up by, by 20 or all that early. You know, this, this, Oklahoma's a good basketball team. But I think we can get a comfortable – We're our confidence is growing each game, and I, I can see it. And I'm just waiting for that game. I think Oklahoma could be this game where we really take off and we see them put a lot of things together. And really, I wouldn't say we blow them out, but we have a good, comfortable lead um, throughout the game. So – Crowd, crowd's got to be hyped. And um, I wasn't at the last, I wasn't at the TCU game. Uh, you guys were. Um, and I know we're going to get to our hot topics here in a second, but crowd seemed like it was really, really loud and hyped. Yeah, it was a great crowd versus TCU. I thought it wasn't a complete sellout, but man, did they come through when needed the most down the stretch? I mean, they, they let the rest have it. For most of the night, which was pretty pretty enjoyable to see for the outsiders kind of perspective because it, it was a lot of questionable decisions. But to see them storm the court and everything after that kind of game, they rallied back. Man, the energy was it was incredible. I thought that was probably one of the loudest times I've seen Fifth Third Arena in about four years. I thought it kind of kind of gave me a little bit of a 2018-2019 20, uh, vibe or right before COVID vibes with how loud it was in fifth third arena. JT. Yeah. I feel like the last two home games have been different level loud. And 
it's been real consistent. It wasn't much to cheer about early, so it it was kind of low. But once they got rolling and defensive stops are happening, you know the Bearcat fans definitely showed great support and were were very into it for sure. Now, JT, I need to tell you this. So um, I didn't attend the TCU game. I was at the Oak Hills Elder um, High School game watching some of our shining star kids. Yeah. And lo and behold, who comes and sits next to me the entire game? <laughs> Your son, Juju. Yeah. He sits now. Now he was enjoyable, but I was I was about to I was about to kick your son out the game because here's what happened. I was watching the game on ESPN Plus on my phone, and I'm yeah. watching I'm watching the Elder Oak Hills, but I'm 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 really locked into the Elder Oak Hills. I'm thinking like, okay, I'll kind of watch the ESPN Plus on my phone a little bit during timeouts, but I'll really watch it later. You know when I yeah. get home. I could really watch it. So so basically I put the phone on my knee and your son's watching it. Well, sometimes yeah. I would like, you know, put the phone up for a little bit, watch the game, blah, blah, blah. But somehow my feed was so far behind, right? Yeah. That was like next to me and near Juju. She had like the live feed. So I was like really far behind. So she knew the score. And I kept telling Juju, like, don't spoil it for me. Like, quit telling me. <laughs> And he kept trying to mess up the game for me. <laughs> and I was, I was, I, he was like, hey, he, so at one point he was like, hey, would you mind giving me a ride home? I was like, no. You're going you to walk home, Juju. I asked him, he's like, I get a ride home? No. No, you keep spoiling this game for me. Because, well, here's what happened. Right before we went to overtime, somebody said, oh, you see lost. And now I'm pissed. Yeah, two minutes left. Yeah, it was that two minutes. It was like two minutes of regulation where they were reviewing. I can't remember. The, what it, was. it was probably the elbow from Newman that they were reviewing. It took forever. Man, and Newman so. caught him with the elbow, and then they stood at the we. I think we all looked to each other because they were at the monitor for like literally ten minutes, and we all were like, "Man, are they gonna? Are they really about a?" It was a hard physical play. Like it was physical all night, and then the one no call they got right of the game was that call there. Yeah, and we all sat it. to each other, and we saw the blood coming out of PV's eye. It was a gnarly cut, Meech. It it really was. Did you like, say gnarly? Yeah, because John <laughs> caught him with the elbow right above after the jump ball, and he had blood gushing. Like, it was like a shoey cut like last year. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not, I'm not going to let you slide past gnarly. I've not heard that word since, like, the old surfing movies back in the day. Where, what made you say gnarly, Neil? Because <laughs> me personally, I hate blood. I hate it. I'm a wimp when it comes to it. And then it happened right in front of us. He's walking down the tunnel, and you just see blood dripping down his jersey, down his shoulder. You see him trying to glue him up. So you um, say gnarly. So you say gnarly. Yeah, okay. I say gnarly. <laughs> All right. We'll with the Kenyon statement keys to the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, this is a Twyman segment sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. Man, and if this wasn't one of – and the crazy thing is the Bearcats win a great – like, they, they they finally win a basketball game. Everybody's happy. But now people are bitching about the students storming the court. It's like, man, we can't we can't have a night where everybody's happy. So, all right, I got to get your guys' opinion on this. And there's there's some things in Bearcat history, like as long as I've been alive, I've never seen the, the court, like I've never seen anybody storm the court. Um, you look at the jerseys retired. We don't have that many. It's it's looked at as a very sacred thing. So there's, there's things in like UC history, you know what I mean, that just are held sacred. Storming yeah. the court is, is just one of those things. I don't know why it's just never happened, right? That's the first time it's ever happened. Yeah, in the home game. So, JT, your thoughts? Man, people got to get off the off the rockers on this one because the thing is this: when has the last time the Bearcats beat a top quality team at Fifth Third Arena? Right, you no go clue. through once Mick left. They had not made an NCAA tournament. So you go through the John Brandon years, no disrespect to them. We're not going to get into that that detail, but you got two years, 
COVID has something to do with the one year. Maybe they make it. Who knows? But you don't make it. So you don't make it the next year. COVID, that was weird. Nobody can storm the club, uh, storm the field. I mean, I feel, but the court, because it's only media and maybe a couple family members anyways. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Kinda and like they, didn't, they weren't that good. Kind of like an ECU game. Yeah, it was, it was ECU all the time. ECU's like always COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's COVID. It's always COVID, ECU. Speaking you of ever ECU. want to think about COVID, watch ECU games. But, uh, Speaking nah, of but, ECU, real quick, think hate to interrupt trash, you. Think of Hakeem. Nah, nah, but, hate to interrupt uh, you, JT. Speaking of ECU, did you guys see that Mike Schwartz punched something after the game last night and came to his presser with his hand all bloody and stuff? Yeah, he must punch the board and lose or something. Yeah. It was a questionable call, but he entered the postgame presser with a big old bandage with blood boiling through the bandage yeah. it was crazy Damn. for sure so but yeah ecu is always the running joke and i don't care and they don't got enough fans to even come at me anyway so it don't even matter um <laughs> they're not tweeting at you jt <laughs> they, they can't even tweet at me like i don't even gotta worry about it. like don't ever diss the miami hurricane fans they'll tweet you for months really dude if you want to get some some engagement tweet the you the you ain't back I wrote an article. Um, I wrote an article about <laughs> Toledo was going to beat them. Like it might have been like three, it was before COVID. Man, them dudes was tweeting me for two months. Really? It was That's- crazy. And I mean, they aren't back though. So I mean, it was all good. But if you tweet tweet that out and you keep going back and forth with a couple of them, and, and they they won't stop. And then they'll if they win a couple games, they'll wait, save your stuff, and then start talking to you again. It's crazy. Oh. I'm about to tweet right now. I'm gonna right. say the Hurricanes. I'm gonna say JT Smith is talking a lot of trash about the Miami Hurricanes. And I'm hey, hey, I'm telling you, it might not, it might not die down. So <laughs> remember that. I might do that just for engagement and for shits and giggles. But um because <laughs> I don't have to reply to them. Just when I'm bored, I'll just get on there, stir it up, leave. <laughs> nah, nah, but uh nah, but we haven't won like any big games at home, right? So the the first big win, you know, of this year, BYU was on the road. Um, they lost to Texas, you know, great game, but they didn't win. So, um, you know, the first year of, of West Miller, you know, no big wins at home I can remember. It wasn't like they beat Houston at home, right, or Memphis. Uh, so, you know, you got two years, you know, no huge wins, no ranked wins. And it's been a long time, you know, it was post-COVID or pre-COVID. So, I mean, these young people haven't seen it. So, it was that you knew they were going to run. It was a top 25 team, Big 12. They were going. So, it wasn't like people that were like 50 and 60 going on the field, on the court. Now, that would be a little different. But, you know, between 18 and 25, I mean, shit, they're young. So, I mean, get get off your rocker. It happens. We haven't – it's not like we went to the championship within the last few years either, so we can't be like, well, we're – are we one of the, you know, the most historic, most rich basketball programs in history? Yes, but it's been a long time. Some of these people have enrolled and haven't seen this team ranked in top 25. No question. Good point. You know what I'm saying? When I was in school, they were ranked all the time. It was when you – if they weren't ranked, you were like, what's going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. these young people haven't seen it. Yep. That's I'll get off my rocker on that. So people, they just got to get over it. It's new ch- new times. Now, if they keep winning these games, don't storm. Like next game, if they beat they beat Oklahoma on Saturday, don't storm. You know what I'm saying? But that was gonna uh, be my question. That's the question. Well, no, I said that. My my question was gonna be if they beat Oklahoma, do they storm? Nah, they shouldn't storm because you got to beat a top twenty five. Let's just like a shot at the buzzer or something. Gotcha. LOI stay stay in just listen to listen to the uh, band play or whatever at the end. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> yeah, so you me personally, I, I didn't see a problem with it. I mean, obviously it's the first Big Twelve home victory. It was a fantastic game that came all the way down to overtime. You add five extra minutes of play. It was a game that was back and forth. It was filled of everything that a college basketball game should be be kind of like outside the missed free throws. Got to throw that in there. But even even Wes Miller said after the game, 
like he was like that was probably one of the wildest games I've ever been a part of and I've been a part of some very big games as a coach and a player but he goes this this one definitely makes the list in terms of how wild it actually was but for fans to storm the court I I don't see a problem with it especially being the young kids but if you're in the older generation storming the court I would see the issue with it and I could see why people would be potentially upset but seeing the videos of all the students just charging the court I mean heck I'm sure everyone has seen it by now but Josh Reed was in there absolutely turnt with the students absolutely turnt in there and that's that those are the kind of moments like you as a young kid a young athlete like you won't get to experience that often so when it happens they just take it all in and embrace it I mean John Newman talked about it in the post game he was like people were coming up to him was like oh my god John Newman John Newman like he turned around and was like I kind of was trying to take it all in and then it finally hit me that there was people around me that weren't supposed to be around us. So overall, I don't see a problem with it, but if they go on and beat Oklahoma, just fans, just please stay in the stands. Don't storm the court. It's now the set. It would be now the second big top 25 victory on your home court, but that's the big 12. Can't be storming the court after every game you potentially win. Just don't try that. But me personally, I, I don't see a problem with it, especially because JT and I were on the field on the opposite side of the things when the Bearcats went to the college football playoffs and Nippert Stadium charged the field. That that was a lot more crazier than what was on uh, display Tuesday night, but it is different because you're playing for like a championship kind of thing, but there's times and places where you know it's right and you know when it's wrong. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Neil, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit in that I didn't have a problem with it in that situation because I think it really – I think it's going to have positive impact on our players because they really – I think the players love that the fans were on the court celebrating with them. I mean, that that picture that Josh Reed posted on his uh, Instagram, I think it might have been on the Bearcats page first, but – Man, that's a legendary pick, man. I, I'd frame that. If I'm him, I'm I'm framing that. Him in the middle, you know what I'm saying? He had his arms folded like, yeah. I thought that <laughs> I thought that was a dope pick. Then there was the video of him dancing in the middle, too, with all the students. They were like, hit that. it, Josh. I saw that. And I, I, I love that for our players. It gives them that much more confidence. So, in my opinion, no problem there with it at all. Let the kids be kids. <laughs> But like you guys said, moving forward, I think unless we beat a, like, let's say you've got a hot number one Kansas coming in and we knock them off, let them, let them, hey, let them run on the court. Let them yeah. do that. But they let, it's like almost like, let them get this out the way now. Yeah. And now let's get back to a standard. So uh, I'm pretty cool with it. I think we all, we all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah, they got they got to chill now, unless we knock off like a number two team or something. But unless Houston comes in here and is potentially ranked number one, and you beat them, then maybe. Yeah. But yeah. even then, I don't think you can just because it's a known rivalry with Houston. Yeah, if we keep winning, we might be ranked soon. So we gotta we gotta chill. If we ranked, then we gotta chill too, unless it's the number one team. Because don't the Big 12 usually find the schools and whatnot for storming the court, if I remember. Like, conferences usually charge, find the schools and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they do that. I they just they don't be want people to get, like, you know, you just lost and then somebody gets sidewalk slammed. <laughs> yeah. They're talking to the other players and somebody get DDT'd and suplexed. <laughs> For real, just imagine, like, if I lost by a point or something, and you come up and you talking crazy, and oh. you touch me, like, because people be drunk and be doing dumb stuff. So, like, if you come and touch me, like, I'm probably, I might punch you too. I might go, I might go to Garrett Blunt. So, you don't want that to happen, you know what I'm saying? And and that will be very ugly, and the kid will get suspended, and it'll be all like if people don't, you know, people say stuff that they think they tweeting, you know what I'm saying? And then the dude might be like, this is real life, punching the yeah. punching the eye. This ain't Twitter. This is real this ain't life. Twitter. Uh-uh. Get these hands in real life. Don't catch these hands. <laughs> hey, around we, and find out. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's the only thing. Hey, I'll Don't tell you a quick up. story. I'm not going to say what player it was, but a quick story from back in the day. We played a UNC Charlotte 
uh, back in the day. And <laughs> you remember, like, UNC Charlotte and the Bearcats were like – They good. Oh, my gosh. It was like two of the best in the, in the conference always going at it. At Charlotte, um, they beat us. Uh, I think we were ranked really high that year, and they stormed the court. And I'm telling you right now, one of my teammates, he laid out one of the fans. Like, that fan might still be asleep. Uh, <laughs> I said, man, we got back to the locker room. I was like, yo, you slept. He was like, yeah, man. He was Because when the fans <laughs> are on the court and you're a player, you can't tell if they're about to do something to you. Yeah, yeah. That's like I've been in that position. So when when they they stormed the court on us twice at UNC Charlotte, back to back years, we lost back to back, and they're coming at you, and you don't know what some of these you know drunk students are if they're coming. Man, and my teammate, I'm not going to say his name. I might ask him if I can say his name next time, but yeah. I don't want to say it without permission. But man, he leaned <laughs> back and said, "Boop," and do it. I'm telling you. You know, yeah, the, you know the cartoon sleep where they go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. It was, uh, was that you, before man. the the GTA. That was before the GTA meme got brought in. Nowadays, you see people get knocked out at like sporting events, and then they add the wasted. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. there. It was bad, yeah, and I don't condone that. Know, I, I don't condone that behavior. But man, it it, it it those moments can be real scary because what if it's what if PTSD, man. <laughs> What if, yeah, what if a couple fans, like, attack my teammate and we don't see it and they're stomping them out? That it could, could happen. happen. It could happen. You just got – it's just like it's just a whole – it's like five people circle around one person and you just don't know. Like, you trying to get out of there and do just getting get A-town stumped. Man. But I'm, I'm going to ask like – I'm going to ask him if I could uh, get his permission to, to say who it was. I'm going I'm to I'm tell him. That's this type of stuff, man. You you know, just imagine you run around, you see somebody running towards you, multiple you running towards you, you be like, you hit somebody, then you could think at least the other people are at least like, oh, I won't run towards him because I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he might knock me out. <laughs> it's almost like pissing on the area, like you know how dogs piss on an area, the market territory. Yep. Like yep. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat student athletes. They specialize in high-quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartment, pre- and post-construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact online at visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And I talked to Rich uh, at Meals just today, and we are definitely confirmed. We will be live at Meals January 31st from 545 to 645 p.m. before the West Virginia game, which is an away game. So fans come out. We're going to get you on the podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Neil's going to do shots of tequilas with fans. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Don't know about that one. Oh, now you're okay. Okay. When we were offline, you were like, dude, I'm doing shot after shot. <laughs> bro. He was like, man, I'm tequila man. Gnarly. Gnarly, man. Gnarly. Call me Gnarly Neil, man. <laughs> gnarly Neil. Not Gnarly, gnarly Neil, Neil, though. Neil. <laughs> name. <laughs> you're, listening, wow. you're listening to the Bearcat tip off. Neil's storming the court on Saturday, boy. I tell you what, Neil's gonna be out there with a hood up. And so, what people don't know is Neil is like um a master of disguise. Cause when we do this podcast, you know, besides me, I could see JT and Neil. And Neil will like He'll be clean shaven sometimes. He'll have a full out beard. Like now he has a full beard, like a goatee going. <laughs> it's like you have like different looks. I'm not sure which Neil we're gonna get each podcast. I can't True. can't reveal the secrets either. Now, Neil, if you're gonna storm the court, you've got to be clean shaven so you can look like one of the young students, okay? I got you. I got you. Now, JT, when when the students stormed the court, did you see Neil? Was he by your side? 
It's a good question. I did lose sight of Neil for a little bit. <laughs> on the court. Neil McCoy is indeed not on the court, but that's good. <laughs> definitely that's watched it all happen. All right, that's a good thing. Yeah, he was, he was he was there. He's, I've seen him. I've seen him. I'm just messing. He didn't go this time. He was like he thought about it, but he didn't know. Thought so. about it. Okay. I'm yeah, he was he like, I was like, hold up. Yeah, he was already in there. I'm glad. I'm glad. He's heading back to the back. You listen. You listen to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online, DonahueAccountingService.com. We want to thank all the fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats.